Howdy, howdy. Hello. How's Texas? Warm? It is warm. A little toasty. How was your Easter? It was really good. It was cold that day. It was kind of cloudy over here, too. I kind of remember it always being that way, though, on Easter for some reason. What? Usually kind of cloudy because, you know, April showers bring May flowers. Get out of here. And also the sky is mourning Jesus until his return. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Um, So... Uh, last time I shared some gruesome animal attacks and a wilderness survival story. Well, today I have more bad news than good. Um, but just know that the likelihood of these accidents are pretty low, uh, but I would feel better with them being non-existent. But hey, the world is not perfect. So until then, I'll stick with the spinning teacups. But today we're going with accidents at amusement parks for a little bit. Oh, shit. And then a surprise at the end because, you know, it's about summertime fun. I'm all about summertime fun right now. Mm-hmm. In the worst of ways, which means this is going to be pretty gruesome. I will give a disclaimer now as well as in the description of this episode. This is going to be pretty gruesome. I did leave out a lot of details on the second half of my segment because um, it's it just gets out of hand with how nasty it is. It's a surprise, but for now we will be talking about some accidents which are also still very gruesome. It just just imagine that it gets worse from here. Oh great. <laughs> so, even the teacups make me nauseous. Do any like do you ride any rides or did you ever enjoy riding amusement park rides? I hated it. I still to this day hate it. I have only been on several Actually, there was one summer where one of my friends made me ride every single ride at Six Flags, and I honestly thought I was going to die. Ugh. I've never done it since then, though. Right. That's what Hunter has to do. He has to, like, make me get on. I will not get on roller coasters that are, like, huge, though. Yeah, it's Mm-mm. terrifying. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, that's why I wish we would go in groups so that I could, like, sit, at, sit it out. <laughs> I think – I don't like the high velocity that it moves at. (laughs) Final destination. Yeah, I don't like the speed and I don't like the height. So, Because you can't freaking drive it. At least with the spinning teacups, you get to decide how much spinning is involved. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ugh. That is very true. I'm very sensitive to the circular spinning motion. Mm. Anyways, if you close your eyes, it's worse. And also another trick that I've learned personally that uh, when you're going up on a roller coaster and it's about to drop, inhale at the top and exhale on your way down in in place of screaming. I know some people prefer to scream because they say that it helps them, but it does the same thing without you having to sound like a lunatic. <laughs> I have to turn to the side. Um, like I literally tip over like... To the side. I like scrunch my stomach. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Why. Uh, and the tight. And for some reason, the tighter you hold on, the worse it feels. Yes. Have you noticed? Yes. Oh lord. One time, I think it was at the carnival in San Angelo. Yeah, it was actually those janky ass rides. Oh, janky. janky, janky, 
Oh my god, I said the right, the wrong word. Anyways, those janky ass rides scared the crap out of me. And one time, the harness was like, no. it was a metal harness, so it had like a seat belt that was the kind that you clip. But then they had like this thing that goes over the top that holds your shoulders. Well, I was flying. Okay, we went on that thing that goes upside down. I forgot what it's called. There's like this thing that you sit in with your with one person next to you and then I think two people in front of you and it like swings back and forth up and down and then goes upside down and comes all the way back. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about the zipper? Maybe. Just know that it goes upside down and my ass was hanging from my shoulders. Like my my whole body was off of the seat and when it would go upside down, literally I was holding on to the shoulder things Absolutely with my hands. Not. Absolutely. And if that thing would have came on... Unc- <laughs> undone i know that i would have been inside the cage of the actual ride or whatever the vehicle but still that idea of that was just scary yeah fuck all of that i i just remembered the last roller coaster i went on was the cars ride at disneyland Ooh, and no one told me that it was a roller coaster so i'm thinking it's like a nice passive ride i thought it that's what i thought here there's a lot of people like in line for this style ride nope (laughs) we get like you're literally racing the other because the car that you get in is in the shape of a car so you're literally racing the other car that is next to you like it's just it's terrifying that's terrifying it really was and it's only for like a second man maybe like two seconds of roller coaster the amount of turmoil that i feel in line for the roller coaster isn't even worth the amount of time that actually comes out of the actual ride part of it oh i'm getting nervous just thinking about it well (laughs) as before listener discretion is advised starting off with number one and then these are in no particular order a 10 year old caleb thomas schwab was on the verruckt water slide on August 8th, 2016, when he was decapitated. Hey. Rest in peace, Caleb. The slide, that's name translates from German, that means insane, is actually located or was located at the Schlitterbahn in Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, no. No. Number two, on August 8th, 2016, wow, same day, Over in Tennessee, another unfortunate accident occurred with a mechanical failure of the Ferris wheel, which caused a basket to flip. Briley Reynolds and her 10-year-old sister went flying out of the ride and down 9 to 14 meters to the ground. Briley suffered severe brain injury and her sister broke her arm, but thank goodness they survived that. Oh my god. Tragic fall. Uh. I know, the Ferris wheel. Like, you would think that's the safest thing. And it's absolutely not. Heck no. Overseas, we have a coaster falling onto a ride below on July 26th, 2016. Wow, 2016 was a turbulent year. <laughs> um, at the MND theme park in Scotland, the tsunami coaster derailed on a curve, crashed into the side of the main structure, and then fell onto a kid's ride. Ten were injured, including eight children. Oh, my God. Now, that's some shit. I could not unsee that for, for anything. Even oh. today, driving home, I forget because I'm back. I'm going back to work, guys. So I'm part of a I'm I'm a citizen of the United States again. But <laughs> I was driving and the accidents are so bad here. And 
of course, the second day going back, I see this, it's on the oncoming side. So like on the other, other side of the highway, but still the highway. And I can see like eight cop cars and like ambulances are making their way through the crowded ass highway because it's like lunchtime. So it was like really busy on the road. And I see, I guess what had happened, my, I'm assuming, uh, this truck that was dragging a trailer behind it, I guess, got clipped by another car because there were a few cars involved in this. And I'm not sure if maybe he was merging on and like couldn't see or if someone tried to get behind him and then everything just went to shit. But uh, there were ambulances coming. So that scared me. Anyways, hopefully they're okay. But there's always accidents like that. The potholes out here too, though, are kind of dangerous. They will make you swerve. What the fuck? Yeah. They fix them pretty quick, but still, the snow really does damage to these roads oh, over here. Yeah, that's what happened over here. Whenever it snowed, that oh, no. whenever we had that blizzard or whatever the fuck. I hope they fixed all uh, that. No, oh they God. like half-assed it, and it's still as oh, shitty no. as ever. Oh no! Yeah, my car, my little Yaris would not have survived out oh, here no. with just mm-hmm. the potholes alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have got covered in snow and turned into a rolling snowball, <laughs> like a cartoon. <laughs> the snow's gone. I can't be scared of it anymore. Knock on wood. Even though we got snow last year in May, or not we, because I wasn't living here yet. But, anyways, back to China. This is in China. So Shenzhen, China at the EcoVenture Valley Amusement Park. The space journey gives rocket launch simulations when you ride it. On June 30th, 2010, the power shut off before the ride ended and cabins carrying 44 people flipped and plunged down 50 meters to the ground. Six died and 10 were injured. Oh my God. Horrifying. That is the scariest shit ever. I hope it was quick. I don't like thinking about that. Like, what, like, actually, well, there's terror about it. as you're falling. That's what I'm saying. Oh, awful. On May 11th, 1984, a foam pad caught fire inside of the haunted castle at the Six Flags in Jackson Township, New Jersey. It was at a Six Flags Great Adventure. And the structures were not equipped with sprinklers or smoke alarms, and the frames were made of plywood. So. Oh. It caught fire all throughout it, and teens were killed. Oh, I didn't write I down how many. That story. Awful. And that's 1984. Mm. So I did find a website. that Those all were from farandwide.com, Worst Amusement Park Accidents. So there's more on there. But what I'm going to do now is I found a website dedicated to documenting accidents annually. So it starts in 1980 and goes till present day so i'll let you pick a year and let's see what happened 1994 Oof, the year before i was born oh it skips what the heck there's 1991 and then 1995 of course do 95 dang it maybe nothing happened that year thank goodness uh only two are listed in 1995 a 36 year old park employee died after being struck by the foot of a passenger traveling overhead what the fuck? That's horrible. That's why they say don't go get anything from under the rides. Yeah. You know, they like f- they started fencing off like areas oh, underneath yeah. roller coasters because mm-hmm. if people walk through there and you know those roller coasters where your de- your legs are dangling? Mm-mm. That's Ooh. awful. 36-year-old park employee. And then Timber, and that was in Great Norester, Maurice Pier, Wildwood, New Jersey. USA. Then we have at the Timberwolf Worlds of Fun in Kansas City, Missouri. 
A 14-year-old girl died after falling 25 feet due to sitting incorrectly when the ride was in motion. Oh, God. Oh, I don't, I don't even want to know the details of that. Just for sitting incorrectly? Maybe a spine injury or something? Oh, no, she fell. She fell. So it was, it was, uh, it was a terrible accident. I misread that. Or I didn't pay attention to what I was reading, I guess. <laughs> anyway, that's horrible um, to think about that. I don't know. I don't know the, the percentages or anything, but just knowing that these things can happen is like so scary. Moving on. There are so many more random accidents and I fell down a rabbit hole of even just like personal experiences that people faced on vacation, like having food poisoning and stuff like that. And I was like, vacations just don't go well for some people. That sucks. Don't say that. Knock on wood. I better knock on wood. I know. People need to be careful. Even just driving. Like that person today, who knows? They were just having a regular day and like, I don't know who's hurt or what, but. I swear to God. This weekend we're going to San Antonio. Be careful. All you have to do is pay attention. I mean, I'm going to be hyper vigilant because of you. Well, my bad. You knew it was my episode this week. I know, but I didn't think it was going to be this. Don't tell me you're going anywhere. I know, travels. Well, luckily for you, this this, uh, second part of my episode will not have any accidents. These are all purposeful, intentional wrongdoings. So now... But so, you know, you're not always safe as an, at an amusement park, but you know where you would feel safer or safest um, and you'll be held by your group in a way you've never been held before. You're safe here. Let's talk about some cults. Oh, my. So Coachella season is out. Spirituality is in. Uh, when we gather again, let us not gather at the altar of shimmery false idols in the form of musicians, but gather in honor of ourselves. We deserve to feel love and grace, and I'll stop because I don't know any more religious jargon. <laughs> Easter just passed, and so it had me in my spiritual feels a little bit. So the I read about some of these cults, and I ended up just doing one because there was so much stuff that was so disturbing I couldn't stop reading about it. But like I said, I didn't include it all. But if you go over to Murderpedia, you'll find everything in detail. Very disturbing. But uh, anyway, here we go. Summertime fun always means cults dancing in the sunshine of the season. I'm not sure why, but when I picture the setting, it's always summertime. Um, Although the cold would probably cause the homeless or the less fortunate, who are often the targeted groups or easier to reach audiences, rather, for cults to convince to join. But it just always seems like it's summertime whenever they're just walking around, gathering members and whatnot. So just remember you're safe here until you turn your back on the leader. After all, they just want what's best for you. The Ant Hill Kids. Oh my. The Ant Hill Kids? I've never. Yep. The Ant Hill Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a name, but that's just what I named this. Uh, it's they were, They're referred to as this. So, And see, that would have already sold me because I love ants. I love ants and they, cause they're incredible. They're selfless. They work really hard. They're very strong. They're like bees, except bees are like cute and fuzzy and they pollinate things for us. Um, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. I love insects is the bottom line. And I would have joined right away if they introduced themselves this way, but they didn't. Um, so we're going to be talking about Roche Terrio. So Roche Terrio was a Canadian man who started collecting, a.k.a. converting, a.k.a. convincing people to join him in 1977. He wanted to live in what he called the Eternal Mountain of Quebec, 
so this is his eventual idea is living on an area that he called he called it himself what he called himself the eternal mountain uh and it had nothing to do with insects after all but literally what i just described is why they have their name the leader had a bunch of kids and they all worked all day like little ants so pretty much i would have immediately been let down um, yeah what the- <laughs> that's so weird <laughs> so that's why they're called that um get that out of the way first so unity and equality Free from sins in seclusion is basically their tagline. In the beginning, nothing was too weird besides the lack of convenience with how much they had to do for themselves. But once established, they moved over to, they moved a few times. I just didn't list out every time. But their first big move was to Burnt River, Ontario, which is northeast of Toronto. He had a drinking problem. He was a very like charming guy. He had a beard. He was somewhat handsome, like he wasn't hideous. Uh, So it was very easy to, I guess, his first followers were women. So I guess he just kind of like put the moves on them and convinced them to live with him. And once he had a few women living with him, that's when he decided to move over and actually create a community. So um, I'll give you the rundown real quick and then we can go into detail. But he had a drinking problem and it got worse sometimes. And whenever he was let down, by one of his members, he would irrationally punish them. And he impregnated every single, every not every single, but like all the single women in the group that didn't have a mate or a partner. He impregnated them. And so he's pretty much a gross drunk asshole. So that's like the bottom line of this whole thing. Um, and But he married all of them at least. So that's worse. That's worse. Well, you know, um, he did the ceremony himself. So it wasn't like a recognized marriage because, you know, polygamy and all that. I don't know how all that went down historically in Canada. Um, I'm not sure like what laws really um, happened when in Canada, but I'm pretty sure polygamy was also just not allowed over there. But uh, in his mind, he married them and impregnated them. He like spread his seed or whatever. Um But if that's not bad enough, the punishments evolved to members breaking their own legs using sledgehammers. They would sit on lit stoves and there was more than, um, if there was more than one that needed punishment, then he would like have them shoot at each other. Like if they were fighting or something, he like having an argument and it was getting out of hand, he would just have them shoot at each other. And if there, uh, if there was uh, somebody who was trying to prove their loyalty to him, he would have that member cut off the toes of whoever was being punished. What? Mm-hmm. And the worst part about this was that the kids were not off the hook. They endured not only the painful physical punishments, but sexual abuse as well. So as he beat down his loyal followers, Terrio's ego grew, and he believed that he was Moses reincarnated and that he had healing powers. He actively practiced trying to heal his members after they were injured intentionally. According to Murderpedia, the foundations of the cult were basically women's obedience to men, polygamy, righteousness of the, of the leader, and sinfulness of the followers, living miracles, and um, things like that. So I guess like Old Testament stuff maybe? Mm-hmm. And they credited Wikipedia for that on Murderpedia, so... A little background on this guy. He grew up with a devoutly Catholic mother. Her name was um, Hyacinth, which is really pretty. He 
that's a that's a flower. It's a pretty flower. Is it? He grew to hate organized religion due to the constant door to door campaigns that he was forced to participate in, and uh, they were in the white berets or the pilgrims of Saint Michael. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's very old, which is correct because the organization was founded in 1939. Uh, he was murdered. Uh, he was murdered with it. He was birthed in 1947, so not too long after the organization started. Uh, the Murderpedia site describes this kind of like branch or organization in Catholicism as fascist. So just think about it that way. But his love for being the center of attention and finding that spirituality is attractive would later inspire his plan to start a community. He later became obsessed with medicine after having some health issues and learned about anatomy on his own. He became involved in municipal municipal politics and joined the Le Club Arami, excuse me, which was the French version of the Shriners, whatever that is. Hmm. There's this thing on YouTube that you might like called Fundy Fridays, F-U-N-D-I-E Fridays. And this uh, woman puts makeup on and talks about like um, evangelists and like the 19 and counting family and like stuff like that. And it's really entertaining. That's really Super weird. funny. That Why? was who I was going to do um, for my Ooh. episode next week. <gasps> cool that stuff is so interesting to me yeah anyways if you everybody go check out her channel she's i think she's new but her stuff is really good anyway so he did a bunch of stuff with like different church groups before starting his own oh and he opened like this holistic store that did pretty decent for a while where he just like sold organic food and um holistic medicine books and stuff So now back to the cult, they built their community from scratch. So they started in tents and then cleared land to construct a cabin. And then they dug into the water table. So they were really like starting their own little community by hand. And I feel that resentment probably built up from here, like their anthill that they were working hard on because Mm. he used his stomach pains um, from being ill and drinking too much as a reason to not lend a helping ant hand on their little ant land. (laughs) Isn't labor part of summer fun? In a cult, it is. His only purpose was to help cleanse them of their sin, but if they complained about being hungry, he cut back on their ration. Um, So it was that. It was that tight already from the the get-go, but it gets much, much worse. So at this point, people start dipping out, and thankfully they were able to before it got too dark and cruel. All he did was give them, like, this reminder that they were evil in the eyes of God for leaving his little community. So this is huge and also the first outside threat that the commune would face, and rightfully so, I will say. But the Jonestown Massacre happened November 18th, 1978. Right when he was like trying to get this off the ground. So this prompted the already skeptical family members to reach out to the cult members that had left them uh, to come back and come home, you know. So the police even wanted to arrest Terrio, but he wasn't a danger to himself or others yet. But they did give him a psych evaluation. But of course, he talked his way out of being held in custody by describing his group as a democracy without a leader. Of course. So yeah, he was a he was really fake and phony with his members because he stopped eating the diet that they agreed upon. I'm assuming they agreed upon it because it was like a big deal. He would even um, the words that Murderpedia used were he would prostitute 
Gabrielle, which I think was his wife, one of his wives, to a local grocer for milk, meat, and cheese, but it was only for him. Oh my god. That's horrible. I wonder if he shared with her at least, because hello, she's doing all the work. The second outside threat came when a follower was able to get to the authorities about a situation that had gone down. And it's very graphic and disturbing, to put it lightly. I didn't type it out, so I'm going to read it right now. From Murderpedia, and child abuse and mutilation is going to be included. So if you want to skip this part, you should. Um, It's not integral to the story, but it is the first time that we see the depths of his cruelty. So with that being said, here I go. Brace yourselves. Here we go. So there was this one guy that he told him it was his job to watch the children. And there were like infants and like toddlers and stuff. But for some reason, he gave this guy who was unstable, according to Murderpedia, the job of watching all the kids. So, oh yeah, to look after the animals. So he refers to children that aren't his as animals. And that's why he put this guy in charge of the other people's kids so that he had his wives looking after his kids. So on March 23rd, 1980, Tyrio organized a party. His two sons from his marriage, from his first marriage at the very beginning, they were 12 and 10. They were going to come live in the community with him. So he was going to throw a party. And so Veer, the guy, what's his first name? I don't know his first name, but his last name is Veer, V-E-E-R. He puts him in charge of watching the quote unquote outsider children. And there's three of them. And there's two versions of what happened, but the official version is the one that was given in court by uh, Terrio. Guy is his name. Guy Veer and the most uh, most of the commune members also agree that this is what happened. So according to this version, Samuel, which was the baby, uh, was crying that night and keeping Veer awake. Veer lost his temper and started screaming at the child to be quiet. Then picking the two-year-old up by the throat, he plunged his fist into the child's face five or six times. Oh my God. The next day, violent, cruel, just awful. So the baby has essentially been punched a few times. And the next day, Terrio discovered what had happened and placed Samuel under the care of Gabrielle, which is his wife, and also a nurse for the group. Allegedly, the baby, his head was flopping around on his neck and his penis had swelled up. And so Terrio took a pair of scissors and after sterilizing them in alcohol, he lanced Samuel's penis to permit urine to flow out. Oh my God. Um, But the next morning, Samuel was found dead. Oh my God. I think he's literally a psychopath. Like what he's doing makes no sense, but he thinks he's helping somehow with what he knows about anatomy. And like, I am not trying to make an excuse for him, but for some reason, it just seems to me that he isn't doing this for like torturing purposes. Like, I don't think he gets off on this kind of thing. Like he's not an Alfred or Albert Fish kind of guy. I think he's just weird and like really messed up. Mm-hmm. According to Savage Messiah by Paul, Kayla, and Ross Lavere, Giselle, which is another wife, tells a different story. According to her, Samuel's face was bruised on the morning of the 24th of March, but there was nothing else wrong with him. However, Terrio decided that the child needed to be circumcised. Oh my god. So he used the 94% ethanol solution to do more than sterilize the razor. He poured some into a rubber bulb and then squeezed it into Samuel's mouth for use as an anesthetic. But this may have been enough to cause Samuel's death um, by alcohol poisoning alone. 
Oh my God. That is so terrible. But the worst part of all this is that this stuff doesn't get found out till like later, I'm pretty sure. So this this information is like under wraps. There's nobody like getting arrested. The baby doesn't like people probably don't even know some of these babies exist because they're just living in this community in the mountains or whatever. But after hearing about her baby's death, it's either Maurice or Mary's Grenier went back to work. So I guess she just accepted it. And at supper, Terrio suggested that they burn the baby's remains as if, because if they buried them, then the birds or the bears might get into them. So they agreed. And yeah, then everything went back to quote unquote normal after that. Mm -hmm. Then for six months, it was going smoothly. But one night in September, a drunken Terrio became angry with Veer for some infraction and decided that he should stand trial for his crime of the previous March. He appointed Jacques, the baby's father, to be the judge and the mom would be the persecution. And then another member was the lawyer. So he like, oh, he like arranged this whole like thing and Gabrielle would act as coroner. So it was like a whole little investigation that he was trying to do for a quote unquote trial. And so it lasted one hour and the verdict was unanimous, not guilty by reason of insanity. So I don't understand what the purpose but Terrio was not satisfied with this decision. I really think he just liked to punish people. And that's that's whenever... It's two different things. It's either he's trying to save someone or he's trying to punish them rightfully in, in his eyes. Right. So he wasn't satisfied with this. And a couple of hours later, he took Jock aside and suggested that they castrate Veer. Oh, my God. He didn't like the idea, but Terrio called another vote anyway, and of a jury of 10, including one of his sons, only three voted against the new motion, and Jacques, which was Jacques, Mercy, and Giselle, everyone else was now strongly in favor. So Veer had stayed quiet through the whole evening, was obviously not keen to the idea, but Terrio actually talked him into it. He claimed that it would cure Veer's headaches, as well as the excessive masturbation that was causing Veer's respiratory difficulties. Oh my he claimed that in the hierarchy of the group, Veer was a slave and that if he underwent the castration, he would become a eunuch, which would be a step up. He asked Veer to write a letter of consent and said that he wouldn't make Veer sign it if he didn't want to sign it. So Veer signed it. Oh my God. Terrio had Veer lie on the kitchen table as Gabrielle fetched the medical instruments, an elastic band, a razor blade, a magnifying glass, a pair of tweezers, and the ethanol. The operation itself was painless, and the testicles were discarded in a Kleenex. Oh my god. <sighs> Although Veer's scrotum bled for a week, Gabrielle gave him a new saltwater compress every 20 minutes and ensured he got plenty of iron in his diet. And Paul Veer never complained of another headache. Jesus Christ. On the other hand, Terrio felt that now Veer was a security risk and enjoyed tormenting him, beating him, and playing games in which he would instruct followers to pierce Veer through the chest with knives and bleed him to death, only to call them off like God called off Abraham from sacrificing Isaac. What? Oh, my God. But on November 5th, Veer escaped to the village of St. Joe's, where he told the villagers that a baby had died after being kicked by a horse. So the police raided the compound, arrested Terrio and Samuel's parents, and relocated the seven children to foster homes. They found the child's remains, and the commune members told 
the story of Veer beating the child. They also t- found Veer's letter of consent to the castration operation and even the ballots that had been used for the vote. No one questioned by the police was at all upset or even embarrassed by what had happened or of having involved a 12-year-old boy in the decision process, which was his son. After the coroner determined that the group was criminally responsible for the death of Samuel, the police made the following charges. Terio, Jacques, and Marcy, and Gab- Gabrielle, and Guyvier were all charged with criminal negligence, causing bodily harm to Samuel. And Claude, which was another member who burned the body, was charged with obstruction of justice. Jacques and Marcy were charged with neglect towards their oldest daughter, who was now five. And Claude and Solange Bolliard were similarly charged for their treatment of Simon. So there's a lot of people just getting in charge for what's going on with the kids that are living in the commune. But at the end of the nine-month trial, during which the commune members moved to the town of New Carlisle, where the trial was held, all parties were found guilty of all charges. So some people got three years probation, uh, some got six months in prison and three years probation, and some people just got months in jail, like I said. But thorough, or not thorough, I keep wanting, because of how it's spelled, it's spelled like T-H-E-R-I-A-U-L-T, but it's Terrio. Anyways. Terrio was sentenced to two years less a day in prison and three years probation on each of two charges to be served concurrently. He was transferred to the Orsonville Detention Center in Quebec City, and the members of the group distributed themselves between four apartments in Quebec City to be near their leader. The police raised their cabin and bulldozed the ashes, and Terrio began to assemble notes for a book. Uh, which was actually published in November of 1983, and the whole thing seemed to be over, but it was only getting started. What? So they they literally rebuild. Like, they start all over again. After all this shit, it could have just been over. They were essentially rescued from their leader, but for some reason, they are just enraptured by who he is and what he says, and they just want to keep working for him and being punished by him, I guess. So, sadly, uh, I guess they were brainwashed, and... At this point, they restart again, this time in Somerville Township, Burnt River, near the town of Lindsay in Victoria County, Ontario. So this is how I started the episode. This is where their main thing is going to go on until they move again and again and again. Um, So let me go back to my notes now. So at this point, they are rebuilding some of them pregnant while doing so and also in charge of the 10 kids ages 1 to 15. What the could you imagine being pregnant, like building something in the heat and watching the kids at the same time? Absolutely not. I can't believe that is expected. Because they didn't qualify for welfare in their new area, the wives were forced to steal from local grocers. Um, and when they were banned for stealing, he had them ask their parents for money. What? And then whenever they the parents would say no, or the parents would rightfully give them an ultimatum, like, we're going to help you if you come home, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you leave that guy, yeah, we will help you. Um, then he would just turn it around and be like, see, they're evil. They don't want to help you. They don't care about you. And it just kind of reinforced what he had already been feeding all of them. Because I'm sure a lot of them did miss their families and maybe want to visit and stuff. But he would constantly, like, feed them these ideas that their family... Their families were sinful and didn't care for them, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So then they start selling fruit and pastries to make some money. And this is where Ant Hill Kids becomes a brand and company. 
because they're working so hard. With things going so smoothly, he got bored and started drinking more and playing weird abusive games with his followers. And there are plenty more horror stories on Murderpedia, but I'm going to spare you the torture. And I'm going to skip ahead to the fall of 1988. Solange, uh, one of his longtime wives, begins to feel sick and he tries to perform a surgery. surgery in his terms so what he did was he had her lay down on the table and he he was drunk i believe too when he did this um he had her lay down on on a table and gave her an enema of molasses oil and water um and he spent half an hour trying to get i don't know what he was trying to do but he was he spent half an hour doing this and encouraging her not to be embarrassed about losing control of her bodily functions as i feel like he's a real doctor oh my and he starts pressing and punching her stomach. And uh, of course it hurts. So when she tries to put her hands up in defense, he tells her to move her hands. And when she does, he inserts a tube into her throat and, t- and tells everyone else to blow and suck on the <gasps> tube. What? Yeah, that's what I read. I don't know. Um, then taking a knife, he made a five-inch vertical incision on Solange's right side below the ribs, and he pulled out a strip of tissue about four inches long and one quarter of an inch thick, tore it off, and then told her that, um, there, you're going to be all right. What? So earth? she goes... <laughs> So he had someone else sew her wound closed and she gets up and everyone goes away to the cabin, whatever. And and then he orders a warm bath be made for her and he fills it with sherry, Mm -hmm. either cherry or sherry. I didn't understand this part, but he fills it with something and it makes her feel worse. And then he gives her a cold bath after that. And uh, that's when she goes back to bed and blood starts coming out of her mouth and she dies. So the doctors later say that she died of acute perionitis, which is like where digestive fluids leak into the abdominal cavity and essentially cause infection. Um, so who knows when it started or if what he did is what, because uh, obviously he did some weird stuff to her insides, mm-hmm. which not right. But anyway, he was distraught and I guess he actually cared about her. So he tried committing suicide and uh by getting one of his members to shoot him. Then he tried to overdose on Tylenol extra strength tablets. And finally he tried to drown himself. He says, this is, these are his, his words. A strange force entered my arms and tore the bindings for me. I came out of the water yelling, God doesn't want me to die. He changed his mind, I guess. And so he tried to get Giselle to come back. She had left. Um, she had escaped, but then she comes back. She has somebody else beg her to come back. And so she does. And this is where it gets really dark. He wanted to do uh, a post-mortem marriage by proxy for himself and Solange. So Solange is already buried, and t- he wants to make it official. I don't know what official means. I don't know what he what his ceremony was before, or I'm not sure his relationships with these women, but he arranges a marriage ceremony or whatever between his himself, and he refers to himself as Moses and her as Rachel. These are their cult names. That he gave everybody like Bible names whenever they joined. So I'm using their real names, but he refers to them as whatever he named them. So for Moses and Rachel, and he ordered them to exhume her body. And he had another member open her body and pour vinegar on her internal organs to keep the worms away. And then they buried her again. But then a few days later, they dug her up again. I don't know why. And it was beginning, her body was beginning to decay. And at that point he had huge plans for her. So he got one of his members to make a hole in Solange's skull with a hand uh, drill. And he then masturbated into the hole. 
spilling his seed into her brain. Oh my god. He was convinced this would resurrect her. What is what the fuck? Happy Easter. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, so another member told him that Solange should be cremated because that was her last wish or you know if she was ever to die that she would like to be cremated. And so he agrees and uh He has the group burn her body, but before the cremation, one of her ribs was removed by his request request, and he kept it, uh, (laughs) he kept it in a leather wrapping to carry around with him. And afterwards, everyone took some of the bones to keep like after they cremated her. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they wanted to do that, but um, then he would regularly masturbate into a jar that held olive oil with some of her bone fragments in it. Oh my God. Um, and this was his attempt to, like, bring her back to life through reverse birth, whatever that means. So there's a lot going on with members trying to keep their kids from being taken while all this, like, weird mess is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're they're really trying to, like, battle their I – don't, I don't know what's going on, but there's things going on with, like, the kids and stuff during this time. Okay, so this is when Gabrielle gets punished um, for her misdeeds, and that's when her arm gets cut off and stuff. So I'm going to go back to the notes. Feel free to skip, guys, a few 30 seconds forward. Um, So this is pretty much the end. Because he actually, like, killed somebody. So anyways, okay, so here we go. July 26, 1989, he gets really drunk, and this is not unusual, so they're like, whatever about it. So Giselle, Claude, Francine, and Maurice all managed to sneak away into the bush to hide. Gabrielle, however, did not. Terrio remembered that Gabrielle had a stiff pinky finger, the one that he hadn't already cut off with the wire cutters because he's cut some fingers off before. He told her to put her hand on the kitchen table. So I guess he's this is his attempt, quote-unquote, for another surgery. Instead of looking at the finger, however, he stabbed her hand with a hunting knife, pinning her to the table. Blood began to pour out of the hand, but he just went to get another beer. She forced herself to remain conscious and stand there while she's pinned with the knife. And after 45 minutes, he comes back over to see that her whole arm had turned blue. And he says, it's not looking good, is it? And then fetching a carpet knife, he began to he begins to whittle her arm away halfway between the elbow and the shoulder. So he's whittling through her arm with this like weird knife. What? And he's too drunk to finish. So then he calls this other person to come finish the job. And uh, there's a narrow band of exposed bone. So it, so pretty much they cut all the way to the bone. Then he dislodges a hunting knife. Uh, the, the hunting knife that was pinning her arm to the table, and he took her over to a stump that was sticking out of the kitchen floor. Taking a dull meat cleaver, he swings it at the exposed bone, missing the first time, and then second on his second swing, amputated Gabrielle's arm completely off. Gabrielle hadn't cried out the whole time. The next day, she went to a women's oh shelter, oh, uh, but returned to the compound on prompting from uh, Jacques. A couple of days later... Yeah, I don't know what that means. Like, I, I don't know what they say to get these people to come back. But what? maybe he said something like, if you tell anyone anything, they're going to come shut us down again. I don't know. Maybe she felt guilty. Who knows? Uh, these people have been brutalized for a while now. It's been a few years. So who knows what, what she's thinking. But she comes back. A couple of days later, Terrio decided that Gabrielle's stump was gangrenous. 
gangrenous. And he used a pair of scissors to cut out the infection. Um, but he then also mm. cut a chunk from her breast and then whacked her on the head with the side of the axe. Yeah. Then she fl- she fled into the bush. And when she came to her senses two days later, she found that insects had laid eggs in her head wound. <sighs> Absolutely <sighs> fucking not. So she returns to the cabin again, only to find that Terio is still drunk and itching to operate. Jacques used the... Uh, acetylene torch to cut a piece off of the dry shaft of one of the old junk cars that they had in the yard and so Terio heated this metal until it was red hot and pressed it against Gabrielle's stump. He was so drunk he kept dropping it on her body before he was finished. So she was getting burned while waiting to be um, whatever the word is when you burn the flesh. Anyways. Yeah, cauterized. Cauterized. Okay. Well, Gabrielle escapes again. Uh, On August 16th, 1989, she made it to the hospital and concocted some story to explain the missing arm. But the police were called anyway, and the constable filed a charge of aggravated assault against uh, Thoreau. I hate that I keep saying that because I'm reading it. (laughs) Terrio. But when the police arrived on August 19th with a warrant for his arrest, the compound was deserted. Terrio, Jacques, Chantal... Um, a bunch of people together with the two youngest babies had fled to Quebec and the others had gone home to their families. Finally. Oh my goodness. And then it took the police six weeks to find Terrio. And it was not until October 6th, 1989 that Giselle decided to tell anyone about Solange's death. Cause they don't know like everything that happened mm-hmm. unbeknownst to Giselle the very day rock, or he calls himself rock. I forgot to mention this part is so stupid. He pretty much, the word is like angelicized or something, but he like whitewashed his name from French to that from oh, Roche yeah. to rock mm-hmm. trying to be, I don't know what, what he thought, but so that's why it says his name as rock sometimes throughout this. But the very day rock was apprehended by the police at last on October 6th, everyone pleaded guilty to all charges laid against them relating to Gabrielle's amputation Rock netted 12 years, later reduced to 10 years because of his genuine remorse and concern for the victim. In the words of the court, Jacques got five years, Chantel got two years, and Nicole 18 months. So many people, there's like too many names. The police also pressed charges against him for first-degree murder, but when the court found there was insufficient evidence that the murder had been premeditated, Terrio was committed to a trial for second-degree murder. Uh, his lawyers made a deal that he would plead guilty to this charge if no further charges were brought against him. On January 18th, 1993, Tyrio was sentenced to life in prison. Thank goodness. He was eligible for parole in 1999, but that didn't that ended up not going anywhere. And uh, Francine, Chantel, and Nicole which were named Holga, Ruth, and Deborah by him, remained loyal to him, and they would come visit him for conjugal visits, and one of them even kept giving him children after that, while he was still in prison. Fuck. Oh, my God. That pisses me off so much. That shouldn't be allowed. So they remain loyal to him. The others have tried to adapt to new life without him. His many children, somewhere uh, over 20 children, are distributed among foster homes across the continent, including the 12-year-old boy who lives in Utah with Alex Joseph. So, yeah, that's that. But you'll be happy to know that in 2011, he was murdered in prison. Oh, good. 
what is the, let me look at the name of the prison, Dorchester, I believe, because that's not included in the, which gives me a chance to name the other thing I used. I used Scary Mysteries on YouTube. Uh, the video is called Five Lesser Known But Truly Creepy Cults, and I ended up just sticking with the last one that's on there, which is this one, the Ant Hill Kids Cult, is what he refers to on here. So, let me, it is the Dorchester let me look at the comments real quick. Mm-hmm. So what did you think? That's pretty wild, huh? That was fucking crazy. That was a wild ass ride. There's way, way more accounts of abuse. Like it, the list was going on and on. That's why I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot add all of this. Um, no, it was awful. I, it even sucked to read. I was like, so there's essentially former members that are missing toes, missing fingers, have scars all over them. One thing, I hate to bring it back to Jesus Christ on the cross because I don't mean to disrespect, but that he would even nail the kid's clothing to trees and have the other kids throw rocks at the kid. Oh my God. Whatever kid he chose. Why? Uh, punishment reasons. Who knows what the kid did to deserve a like a literally a stoning. But uh, but I was right. He was murdered in Dorchester by, I guess, another inmate or something. Oh my god, that's insane! <sighs> Can't stand him. Um, but yeah, his name was R O C H, and then T H E R I A U L T. Roche Terrio. So Canada, I didn't see anybody coming out of Canada acting like that. Everybody's yeah. nice over there. Well, apparently not. So he was denied parole in 2002 because in 1999 he was due for parole and then in 2002 it was denied. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he got killed because oh my gosh. And so uh, some people came to his trial, some of the former members, and they felt a lot of emotion, some of them said. And, of course, he had the three that were still loyal to him, but everybody else was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that we just endured all of that. And, or, or just were bystanders for it. I'm sure that not every single member did anything to other people. Hopefully not, mm-hmm. because he was the only one to give them that kind of discipline for whatever his reasons were. Uh, but, yeah, that's a very disturbing story. That mm-hmm. was a fucking wild-ass ride. Yeah, and if you want to read more on Murderpedia, he did way more stuff. But yeah, it, it it also shook me. It took me by surprise, Ant Hill Kids. I thought it was going to be something cute, but no. <laughs> I literally pictured like just young people trying to make a cult and it being like a corny story. But for some reason, the, the name just did not align with the actual guy's doings. Jesus. That was that. Disturbing. To say the least. Yep, that's for sure. Guys, that doesn't mean I'm finished yet. (laughs) I think the CPS group in Canada is the CAS. The CAS. Let me Google it so that I'm not just saying stuff. Because there was a lot of information... There was a lot of information about the the kids being moved from place to place and the parents trying to get back to their kids. And they're just like, no, you're living in a weird situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, Children's Aid Societies in Ontario, Canada, 
independent organizations that have each been approved by the government ministry of children and youth services to provide child protection services. Well, good for them for doing their job whenever they knew something was going on. Yeah. Anyways, anything else? Any updates? Any? Nope. Uh, I got my second vaccine or yeah, my second dose. <gasps> Excellent. How do you feel? Good. Yeah, I was expecting, or I got it yesterday, but I was expecting to feel like shit, according to everybody else, but I didn't. Right. That's good. I'm so glad. Mm. Um, I'll be getting mine soon. I was hoping that we were going to just be able to get ours through the CVS that's inside our Target, but I think that's taking too long, so I'm probably just going to jump on with everybody else and go to the, the World Center that's down the street. That's where they're giving their vaccines. I'm also not sure which vaccine they're giving, but I just need one of them. Doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Johnson and Johnson is finally out, so you might be getting that. Hmm. Who knows? I mean, that's it's the same in any case. It's the same thing with just in general how people feel about vaccines and like the whole autism argument and yeah. <sighs> They will literally think of anything, but I did see that someone posted a very charged blog or like image of some kind that listed out um, women, not their names or anything, but it's just said like female age 27, yada, yada, uh, miscarriages after having been vaccinated, but there's no link between the two. Yeah, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I, you know what is? So that's scary. Weird, though. The one thing that I will say is... Um, a couple hours, I don't even think it was, I think it was maybe like an hour or two after I got my second dose, I, um, my period came a week early, like literally on the dot. Mm-hmm. So I, and so I looked it up cause I was like, that's really fucking weird. So I looked it up and there are some women that said that that happened, but there's not an actual like study on it because there's a lot of factors that could be like, you don't know if exactly. you were stressing. You don't right. know. It could be anything. Yeah, it could literally be anything. This. It doesn't have to necessarily, it could just be a coincidence that you got the vaccine that same day or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. I cannot wait to tell everyone like, don't be afraid of the vaccine. Cause this is literally what anti-vaxxers want is to, um, ignite fear into the public so that everybody's on the same page and nobody's the asshole for not getting the vaccine. Right. Um, it's just I'm playing it safe. Like, yeah. okay. I don't know. I feel mm. like I should want to be like, how many times have you? How many times have you drank out of your dip jar? Okay. Your dip bottle. Ew, on that's disgusting. I'm yeah, sure those are the same so people not things. wanting. People fucking <laughs> eat food off the floor. They fucking snort <laughs> cocaine. They drink. People's fucking nasty ass drinks at restaurants and bars and right. They just. I mean, I understand the fear that it's new, but at the same time, it's like don't act like you're clean. The cleanest. Yeah, uh, your body is not a temple, Karen. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you literally oh. got a tattoo in fucking Mexico when you were fifteen. So fuck off. Like people are literally getting silicone injected into their lips. Yeah, so. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's fine, you know, if you don't want to get the fucking vaccine, don't fucking get the vaccine then. But Right, right. But you can can Don't make it about yeah, to, about that. Yeah, like, like don't 
don't fucking yell at me and call me a sheeple because I fucking got mm-hmm. it. Like, right. I'm fucking tired of people. I'm so because this is like the same thing. Uh, even a- the HPV uh, vaccine was people were saying it was causing like early menopause in women, mm-hmm. but that just might be what happened like to them. Like, I don't. You would have to do a study on like thousands of people for it to make any sense or to mean anything scientifically. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's okay. That is okay. (laughs) We can only be in charge of ourselves. And if people were not stupid, we would not be here talking to all of you right now. Because we wouldn't have any fucking stories to tell. Right. True. We were talking about that today with the whole infertility thing at work and the the vaccine. And I was like, I don't think... But I didn't say anything. I just like let them talk. Right. But now tomorrow I will be um, making that correction because that is a very strong – that will affect people's um, want to go get the vaccine right. for sure. There was another – this is like a propaganda thing because there was actually an African version of a vaccine that was meant to make you sterile. Oh, yeah. It was meant that. for that. It was meant for that. So it's like you go in knowing. This is like nobody knows how they're going to react. Some people's hands are swelling. Some people are getting fevers. Oh, yeah. I was reading other like weird reactions. Like people's feet literally were like hurting them. Like they couldn't even walk. Their feet. Just their feet. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, I'm being beckoned by these little heathens. Here's to healing and here's to not having nightmares about everything we just discussed. And not entering into a final destination moment when you go to the amusement park. Right. Safe travels, safe driving. Everybody go take a listen uh, to our other episodes that might cheer you up a little bit because this one was very dark. If this is where you're starting, I feel very bad for you. Um, No one likes to talk about children, uh, especially... Stuff like that. It was pretty dark. So I apologize for that. But there there was way more. So I just didn't want to include it. Thank you guys for listening. Give us a follow over at Gimme the Creeps. Uh, G-I-M-M-E. I don't know if whenever I say that, people know. No, they don't. So I, <laughs> they're like, give me the creeps. Yeah, a lot of people. Searching us. Don't. A lot of people have been like texting me like, I can't find it. How are you spelling it? <laughs> right. So if this is your starting point, the the only good thing coming out of it is you know how to spell our podcast. So G-I-M-M-E, The Creeps, um, on Instagram, on Twitter. Let us know what you think about our episodes. Do you prefer the less dark matter that we cover or do you not mind it every now and then when we throw in one of these uh, really harsh episodes in terms of abuse and stuff? Um, just let us know. And uh, I, because I don't want to keep torturing everyone if all they're going to do is, you know, keep skipping through all the really rough parts. Right. Nobody enjoys the really graphic parts of these things, but it is interesting to see how evil a person can be. So with that being said, everybody go enjoy the nice weather outside. Take a book outside. Relax a little bit. Enjoy yourself. It's it's going to be summer soon. The pandemic hopefully is coming to a close. Please go get vaccinated. If you don't want to, you don't want to, whatever. Uh, but yeah, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. So did we give you the creeps? <laughs>